0: The reading is taken from Acts chapter 4 verses 32 to Acts chapter 5 verse 11. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there was no needy person among them. For from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. Now, a man named Ananias, together with his wife, Sapphira, also sold a piece of property. With his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself and brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied just to human beings, but to God. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. And great fear seized all who heard what had happened. Then some young men came forward, wrapped up his body and carried him out and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, tell me, is this the price you and Ananias got for the land? Yes, she said, that is the price. Peter said to her, how could you conspire to test the spirit of the Lord? Listen, the feet of the men who buried your husband are at the door and they will carry you out also. At that moment, she fell down at his feet and died. Then the young men came in and, finding her dead, carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these events.
1: Thank you very much, uh, Caroline. Thanks for beautiful prayers as well. Um, so there was a Victorian preacher called Charles Haddon Spurgeon, and he, uh, preached to thousands in London, and, uh, many people would come and queue up and want to hear him preach as sort of a bit of a celebrity, really, and occasionally God would whisper in his ear, and he would just know things about members of the congregation. He had the spiritual gift of words of knowledge. He didn't actually believe in words of knowledge, but he still had the gift, um, And occasionally he would just know. Like one time he would look at someone and say, young man, you're stealing from your employer. You need to stop that now. Another time he said, I know you have a bottle of gin in your pocket and you're intending to drink it after the service. Uh, Another time, that pair of gloves you have there are not your own. You've stolen them from someone else. And he would just know these things. Now thankfully no one dropped down dead in the service as a result of these comments, but people were brought to repentance that means they were brought to turning back to God and sometimes it can be kind of seeming quite harsh <laughs> and quite severe when we read a story like the story of Ananias and Sapphira but the issue here is that God won't be mocked and he is holy in the Old Testament um, The temple was constructed and in the very heart of the temple was a place called the the Holy of Holies but you couldn't just walk in there in fact the Most High Priest only went in there once a year and he only went in there after he'd scrupulously cleansed himself and was wearing the right clothes and performed all the right ceremonies only then could he enter the most holy place But what happened in the early church was the people became the temple of God. And it hasn't changed. And we're the temple. And guess what? The temple is where God lives. He lives in us. He's a God who is good, as we were singing earlier. But he's also a God who is holy. Holy thinking about being led by the Spirit, but the Spirit is a Holy Spirit. He is holy. Now this story that we just heard read to us about Ananias and Sapphira dropping down dead is shocking, and this doesn't often happen in the Bible. Very rarely, in fact. Just occasionally in the Old Testament, there's a story where suddenly someone drops down dead because they're presumptuous in God's presence happens when uh, the the Ark of the Covenant, anyone watched uh, the film Raiders of the Lost Ark? Well, it's about the Ark of the Covenant. Um, And in the Old Testament, this represented God's presence. They were taking the Ark of the Covenant uh, on, on a cart back to Jerusalem, where at one point the oxen who were dragging the cart stumble. And... Uzzah, who's one of the people walking along, thinks, oh gosh, the ark's going to fall off the cart. So he reaches out and touches the ark. He drops down dead. <laughs> because he's presumptuous about what is holy. He touches God's glory. He touches holiness. And he gets burned. It's scary, I know. But God won't be mocked. And our God is Holy. Communion shows us that we can come just as we are, without fear, knowing that God loves us. But he loves us so much that he also knows our hearts and wants us to become more like him. I'm grateful that I've never seen this kind of thing happening, someone dropping down dead in church. Well, it did happen once in our previous church, but he was just faint. (laughs) He just fainted. We had to stop the service and get the paramedics. But it was just hot in there. (laughs) You see, there's a picture here of amazing community. Everyone's coming together and sharing everything. My brother-in-law, when he was a young man, he lived in Israel. He lived on a kibbutz. A kibbutz is a, a community, generally a secular community where... They say, well, we're going to share everything. In fact, all all the children would just live, uh, certainly used to, live together in a a children's home, as it were. And and we don't own our own property, we share everything. Now, they found over time, it doesn't really quite work, but the ideal is that we share everything we have. And it's similar to this idea here. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything everything that they had they were all one in heart and mind so if we're one if we're unified it won't just demonstrate itself in us all singing the same songs and uh, and coming to church together it'll demonstrate in practical ways if we see someone in need we'll want to help the Spirit will lead us to help people to share what we have what, what resources do you have? What resources do I have? Do you have time on your hands? Do you have a certain gift? Do you have a passion for cooking? Do you, are you able to offer services to someone else who you think might benefit from what you've got? Maybe the Holy Spirit will lead you in that way. I know it often does happen in this church, and I thank God for it. In the early church, that's what was happening. They were sharing everything. Um, And uh, those who had fields or property, there weren't that many who did. It It was a minority who did, but from time to time, they would bring the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet. It wasn't compulsory. It wasn't obligatory. You know, when these bags go around, there is no obligation. To give money. And it's true in the early church. In the kibbutz setup or under communism, there's an obligation. It's required. And it just doesn't work. But what happened in the early church and what can happen among us is that when you've got a resource, the Holy Spirit can lead you to want to share that with others. Because you know what? It's fun. Because it's a great thing to share. One example was this man, Barnabas whose name means son of encouragement. He would become one of the great leaders of the church. And he sells a field, brings the money, puts it at the apostles' feet. I I think, I don't like the system that they had in the early church because everyone could see what they were doing and so maybe others thought, oh, isn't he great? We try and do it and not many people know about it. I I think they they developed things as it went on. And actually in a couple of chapters later, you find out that they they couldn't cope with this system because the church grew they had to change what they were doing they had to point others to do some of the administration they did start to miss things but at this time this is what they did and by bringing it to the apostles feet they surrendered it i wonder have you got things that you can just surrender and release give to god you know gifts that you've got seeds that god has sown in your heart i'd love to do i I'd love to do i I'd love to serve in this way. What can I do with my resources? Surrender it to God. He'll point the way. He'll show you a way you can, you can use it to share with others. But maybe some people saw what people at like Barnabas did, and they thought, "Oh, I want to look good too. And Ananias and Sapphira were like that. They thought, we want to get the glory... Uh, of people thinking we're such great guys by giving so much. Look at us. (laughs) But we're not prepared to make the sacrifice that is required in order to be able to do that. So they sold, they did sell something, but they kept back part of the money for themselves. Now that would have probably been okay if they'd said that's what they were doing. And Peter himself says, didn't it it belong to you? It, It was yours, you didn't have to sell it. No one asked you to. You wanted to do it. And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal. You could have done what you wanted to do with it. The issue wasn't actually that they kept some of it back. The thing was that they lied. And they lied not just to human beings, but to God. And God won't be mocked. Hypocrisy we get accused of being hypocrites in the church yes we do God's not looking for a church that is full of hypocrites I mean we can all say well I am a bit of a hypocrite sometimes but God won't be mocked it's not about the money really it's about hypocrisy it's about the fact that they lied They wanted to look good God throughout history has been in the business of purifying his church and sometimes that means the church can be in for a rocky ride I don't know if you're grieved but I'm grieved when I hear of Christian leaders who have believed the hype (laughs) they've used their power for their own selfish gain it's too easy to do and they've maybe embezzled funds or they've had affairs or it doesn't give God glory and it's why it's really important to pray for Christian leaders because they are vulnerable all leaders are of course but those who lead the church are very vulnerable and these people Ananias and Sapphira fell into the trap they lied to God and thought they could get away with it. So needless to say, when Ananias drops down dead and then his wife drops down dead, great fear seized the whole church. You can imagine that was the case, right? It was scary. David, King David, when Uzzah reached out and touched the ark, David really struggled because Uzzah had dropped down dead. It wasn't easy. I think Luke, in writing this story, could have airbrushed this episode out if he just wanted to paint an idyllic picture of the early church. You know, we can say about Pembury Baptist Church, oh, everybody's lovely, we're all so wonderful. We can airbrush it, can't we? (laughs) But actually, we all come together warts and all, don't we? God won't be mocked. The apostles preached. They've testified to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus with great power, we're told. But accompanied by that power was great grace. right at the heart of who we are and what we do is the resurrection. Now, that doesn't mean it's, also not, it's not also the cross because the two go hand in hand. They preach the message of the cross. They preach the message of the resurrection. And they did this with great power. One thing I'm utterly sure of is that God, his desire is to move among us with great power. And that the Holy Spirit is a spirit of power. And I believe often what we've, we've done is we've forgotten to plug into the power source. He's got a great power. He's a power to change lives. Power to transform your situation. Something you've struggled with for 20 years, you can, God can change in 20 seconds. But the beautiful thing is that alongside God's great power there, there is also great grace. Great God's grace was so powerful it worked among them, we're told. And that is also true here. God's grace is so powerful. You can come to church feeling reluctant because you feel shame. We can come feeling like, ooh Lord, I strayed a bit this week. My life doesn't shape up quite as I wish it would. I regret some of the things I did or didn't do this week. And yet God's grace is great. He's here. As Henny said in her prayers, there are things we carry sometimes. But it's better out than in. (laughs) Find a safe space and give what you're carrying, give it to God. don't try and hide because God is God and we're not Lord we recognise that you are holy We acknowledge your presence. We worship you, Lord. This is your church. And Lord, we surrender all that we have, all that we are, to you. Lord, we give you our money, our time, our gifts, our everything, and most of all, our heart. We surrender this to you. Lord, we pray, protect us from wanted to reach out and touch your glory because we know your glory is yours and yours alone be glorified we pray be lifted up here in this church and in other churches in this area and in this land Lord you are raising up your church to be preaching your word with great power And to be demonstrating great grace. To be sharing with those in need. And to be telling the truth. You are good. You are holy. Sovereign Lord, we worship you. We praise you just want to encourage you, church, maybe in the quietness of your heart, maybe under your breath, just to, maybe to whisper his name, just to give him praise and the honour that is due him. He alone is worthy. visiting with us today and you're not sure about this look we do sometimes pause but we do it waiting on God because he's here and he speaks to us so we're going to take a collective time of quietness in his presence right now waiting on him and saying Lord your will be done your kingdom come and on earth as in heaven.